everyone. Welcome to the Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Jihos, growth lead at Axie Infinity. Axie is a digital game built on Ethereum, which involves cute animals going to battle against each other. Jihos got into blockchain-based games with CryptoKitties after he was banned from his World of Warcraft account and lost all the in-game assets he had accumulated. Then Axie came along, which he thought had more utility and a bigger vision, so he joined the community and eventually became one of the first hires. Axie is at the center of the growth of NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, or tokens which represent unique assets, from a cute creature in a game to artworks and property. After CryptoKitties and Gods Unchained, Axie is the third NFT project with most historical sales. The big vision is that as we increasingly live our lives in the digital world, digital assets will become more and more important and applications like Axie Infinity will become more than just games, but places where people work and socialize. The key value that blockchains and NFT tokens add to this picture is that we'll be able to actually own these assets. There will be no company in like World of Warcraft who would be able to ban an account and take them away. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. Perpetual Protocol is a DeFi platform for perpetual swaps. Traders get up to 20x leverage with guaranteed liquidity. Stakers don't have to worry about impermanent loss because of their virtual automated market maker. Find out more at perp.fi. That's P-E-R-P dot F-I. Multis is the first ever bank account for companies who want to run their business on crypto and traditional currencies. It has a multi-signature wallet, which allows teams to store their assets with access controls, earn interest on their crypto, and streamline payments. I went through the demo myself, and the UX is super user-friendly. They'll soon be launching fiat-friendly accounts with cards and wire transfers, so companies dealing with fiat and crypto will need multiple accounts in different places. Go to multis.co, that's M-U-L-T-I-S dot C-O, and sign up to start a free 30-day trial. Listeners to The Defiant can get a priority onboarding by the multi-CEO when they enter The Defiant podcast on the 30-second sign-up form. So go check it out. Hack Atom 5 is the Cosmos online hackathon, and Interblockchain Communication is a flagship interoperability protocol that has been in development for the past two years. It will be launching in the Cosmos network soon. So join Hack Atom 5, a two-week virtual hackathon, to use the IBC protocol before it is launched on mainnet and be among the winners who will take home $50,000 in prices, valued in the Cosmos staking token Atom. Hack Atom 5 is coming soon to a dev post near you this October. Visit 5.hackatom.org. That's F-I-V-E dot H-A-C-K a-T-O-M dot org. All right. Okay. Uh, so here we are with Jeff Serlin, also known as G-Host. He's uh, the growth lead at Axie Infinity. 
Axie Infinity is um, a really exciting digital game built on Ethereum um, involving different kinds of cute animals. Uh, so super excited to, to learn more about this crazy world. Excited to have you, Jeff. Hey, yeah, thanks Thanks for inviting me. It's, it's an honor, been a long time subscriber. So yeah, really excited to be here today. Yay, thanks so much. Um, okay, so before we dive into Axie, um, First, tell us a bit about you, like how, what's your background and how did you initially get involved with Axie Infinity? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I've always been a collector of uh, rare and interesting things. So I grew up collecting mm -hmm. butterflies and insects. But uh, yeah, during college, I also studied military and economic history. So I was really interested in like central banking, things like that. So I started researching Ethereum in yeah, 2017. And then I actually found out about uh, blockchain gaming and, and non-fungible tokens through CryptoKitties. So that was kind of like the first experiment. So I kind of, I dove in as a community member, met a lot of really interesting people. And I thought it was, it was fascinating, this idea of truly being able to earn your game asset and sell it to anyone anywhere in the world. I thought that was awesome. But obviously CryptoKitties was kind of a very basic proof of concept, right? So there were a lot of people in the community who wanted something more, something with mm -hmm. a bigger vision, something a game asset with more utility, more fun baked into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I actually found the Axie Infinity uh, project right as it was starting. And I, yeah, I was fascinated by this idea of a, kind of a digital pet game, kind of like Pokemon built on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, as a community member, I think obviously, you know, Web3 is a very community-driven uh, ecosystem and ethos, right? So I, I started out as a community member I uh, just started helping out and my involved my involvement and my kind of responsibilities started to grow over time. And uh, yeah, I you know I ended up joining the team as uh, I think one of you know one of the first hires. And um yeah, it's been that was kind of the start of this crazy journey. Nice. Um were you a gamer before getting into Axie and CryptoKitties? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up playing uh, Diablo, uh, World of Warcraft. I was like a, I was a, a a, a beta tester and I was in a kind of a prominent a World of Warcraft guild when I was young. Actually, I had to go to boarding school because I was playing WoW so much that my, my mom couldn't take it. So oh I, I was I was sent away. Um, so yeah, <laughs> lifelong gamer. Yeah, I actually also, uh, I got banned randomly while playing World of Warcraft for things Why? that my guild mates had done while I was away at summer camp. So that was kind of like, you know, that was a, that was a taste of this idea that, you know, uh, these... Yeah, the, the you know traditional gamers we lack a lot of property rights mm -hmm. uh, that we don't we don't necessarily we wouldn't necessarily think of, uh, but you know there there are a lot of yeah I think gamers do lack a lot of freedoms that uh, you know we would take for granted and and you know we don't see our game assets as forms of digital wealth yet, mm -hmm. uh, but if but if we if people did they would see that you know they're they're lacking they're lacking a lot of kind of these these property rights and I, I had a taste of that in an early age when I was around 14 or something yeah I had my account banned which was at the time you know worth if I you know if I could easily sell it you know worth a couple of thousand dollars and were you able to get it back uh no I, we had to start we had to start over yeah it was it, that yeah and there I think there's like some kind of claim system but it's uh yeah so it's like that, that was a pretty negative experience for me back then Wow. Okay. So that like very clearly highlighted the, the value of a permissionless system where you actually own the assets 
the within the game, like you own the in-game assets. Um, so I guess that's a nice segue for, for you to explain what Axie Infinity actually is and what the what value it has relative to traditional games. Yeah, definitely. So Axies are fierce creatures. You can battle them, you can collect them. Uh, where it's Axie Infinity is built on Ethereum. So players are able to actually build up a collection of Axies and use them across an ever-expanding universe of games. So Axie Infinity isn't just one game. Um, it's mm. a you know series of game modes um, built on top of these these game assets. So we right now we have a uh, a battle system similar to a card game, uh, but uh, you can breed you can breed axes, which is also kind of like a, a, a separate game as well. And then we're also working on a land system, which is kind of like uh, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, Pokemon mixed with a, a little bit of uh, kind of DeFi token farming magic. So we're really wow. excited. We're really excited about that. It seems like people are, you know, recently been very excited about this idea of like, oh, like what if you could, you know, do yield farming, but in a video game? Well, we're, we've actually been building that for the last uh, year and a half or so. So I think I think it's going to be a really timely release. Um, yeah, hopefully in the next half year or so. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Okay, so let me see if I understood how it works. Uh, players own uh, different kind of digital pets, right? And then they can use them to play with different games built on kind of the Axie Infinity ecosystem? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So right now there's the main game that we have out, it's currently in alpha, is a, a battle game. So you can uh, play other, you can play basically a card-based battle system against other players. Mm -hmm. And then we also have sponsors like MakerDAO is, is sponsoring with Dai. Kyber Network is uh, sponsoring with KNC. Mm -hmm. uh, Digix is actually actually sponsoring with real gold. And so we're able to actually distribute those tokens to players on the leaderboard. Um, so I like to think that Axie is, you know, a real, is a pioneer in play to earn. We also have uh, and this idea of play to earn, which is, you know, being able to actually earn uh, an income or, a, an, a, you know, a actual uh, money just by playing a game. Well, that's so interesting. Okay, so like kind of the flagship game is this kind of card battle between the, the different axes. Um, and, and then you have, you mentioned other other games, including this, uh, something that looks like yield farming, uh, which is also built on, on the system. And are, is anyone able to uh, make these games? How, how does it work? Is it like that permissionless and anyone can, can build on kind of the axis ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So eventually we really want to make a an SDK to make building on top of the Axie uh, game assets mm -hmm. really simple and easy for any for anyone. Right now, the game, you know, all of the major functionalities that have been built for Axies have been built by the Axie core team um, called Sky Mavis. Uh, but we eventually want to, uh, we, we, you know, we do want the community to start uh, making uh, kind of alternate games uh, in the in the future uh, built on top of, of the system. Uh, you know, we're, right now we have we have an open API, and obviously all, all a lot of the Axie related data is on Ethereum. So our players are uh, been yeah turning out some really awesome uh, kind of like fan sites and and Axie related uh, websites such as Axie Zone, Axie World. Um, so yeah, I think I think, but that, that definitely we do want to go in that direction over time, where uh, you know we're, we have other game studios or the community um, 
you know, building Axie, Axie uh, games with the IP. Very cool. Um, so be before we get uh, off the topic of explaining Axie itself, um, I'm really interested to hear more about this kind of yield farming game. How will it work? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I, I think generally the idea is that people are interested in the idea of earning tokens for interacting with the product, right? Mm -hmm. And we have an upcoming, upcoming governance token that a lot of people I think are really excited about. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we will distribute that governance token is from uh, basically harvesting it on top of a land plot that, you know, you, you can put your axes to work on it. Uh, there will be structures on it. But, uh, yeah, we'll also... Uh, send tokens to those land plots to be harvested each day, right? So mm -hmm. it's imagine if, you know, you were um, uh, Animal Crossing, right, was just very, very uh, popular. Imagine if, you know, you were playing that game and you woke up in the morning, one of your chores was to, you know, rather than uh, getting those, getting your bells, you're actually harvesting uh, a token, um, which is basically a native governance token for the game that you're playing. Um, so I, th I think, yeah, uh, I think our players are really excited about that. And it's going to, I think it, when we release it, I think it's going to be a watershed moment for the entire NFT space. People are going to find, it's kind of like, you know, when, uh, uh, compound this past June, right. They had, they, uh, released their, uh, released the comp token. And all of a sudden we saw, uh, uh, TVL and DeFi applications starting to uh, spike uh, tremendously. I think once blockchain games realize that you can, you know, create a governance token, give it to your players, uh, you know, doing things within your game ecosystem that you want to incentivize, I think that's going to be a major catalyst for uh, yeah, NFT-based economies and blockchain games. Oh, what can you tell us more about the, the, the token itself? Like what will users be able to do with the governance token? Yeah, definitely. So we so we've been studying token design for probably uh, almost two years now. So I was an early member of the synthetics community mm -hmm. uh, just because I was looking at like what are the interesting token models that are that are out there. So I think generally the idea behind the token is that we want to inline incentives between the Axie Infinity core developers, Sky Mavis, and the rest of the community. Um, so I think, you know, the, the token will, yeah, I think be similar to some of the really nice token models that you've seen, uh, that we've seen come out recently with, uh, you know, kind of fee sharing, uh, staking to an incentivize holding. Um, and uh, gradually, uh, you know, these, these types of governance rights, right? So first, governance might be in the form of social signaling. And so right now, uh, there, I'm not sure if you've seen, there's a, a site called Snapshot, right? Where I think uh, communities are basically using their tokens to signal their support for different initiatives. Um, eventually, I think the holy grail, right, is to have, uh, you know, governance where, you know, the the voting actually is you know then automatically kind of uh carried out on chain uh, right. so yeah i think basically you know we're gonna go with a progressively decentralized uh rollout and i think also a gaming DAO is is interesting relative to like a, a, a true like DeFi or you know a, a pure DeFi application right because you still need in a game i think someone uh to, to you know kind of carry out development of the game it's not like we're uh you know the thing is kind of born perfectly and mm. um, <laughs> the community can kind of almost take over from a very, very early stage. So I, th I think, mm. but yeah. Uh, so I think at the beginning, you know, the token will be a lot about, 
yeah, be, you know, being able to earn it, um, stake it. Uh, we'll have a DAO treasury uh, that will basically accumulate, uh, you know, things like the marketplace commission, um, you know, future uh, sales, things that, you know, Sky Mavis, the core development team had in the past been keeping for ourselves. Mm, okay. Um, and so where, where are those fees and, and commissions coming from? Yeah, definitely. So we have a in-house marketplace. Um, you can kind of think of it as an NFT DEX uh, built mm-hmm. in-house. And we take a, uh, that, that marketplace does 97% of the Axie-related uh, NFT volume. And uh, there's, a, there's a fee associated with that. Um, we, also, uh, you know, we also sell uh, limited edition collectibles. Um, we've sold land in the past. We've sold 25% of the, of the land. And there's still actually 75% of the land and the universe to be sold at a later date. So things like basically primary sales and then also kind of fees from the smart contracts that we develop. Got it. And um, what what's the percentage fee of, for the trades? Yeah, so right now we take a 4.2% uh, cut um, for marketplace transactions. Oh, that sounds really high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, it's very high when you compare it to something like, you know, Uniswap, which takes mm-hmm. 0.3%, things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Well, well, there definitely remains to be, you know, it, it. I think there are a lot of interesting experiments to come with. You know, like what what is the ideal fee? For, and then also, you know, once once the fee starts going, you know, towards the community, um, you know, the right now right now there are some people who you know would want to try and bypass that fee, but maybe less would want to bypass that when uh, that fee is actually going into the into the treasury. Right. So. Mm, okay, that's interesting. So that 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 fee with this new governance token will start going to a DAO and and then distributed among token holders. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's, I think that's a that's a general that's a general okay. idea. Interesting. And then maybe you know uh, token holders can vote to change that fee in, in the future yeah, and vote exactly, to change exactly. other things. Okay. Um, Okay, so you've mentioned NFTs, obviously a bunch. Um, can you explain, you know, kind of in basic terms, what what these are? Yeah, definitely. So right now, NFTs are tokenized game assets, art, um, music is even coming. So I guess generally, when you think of an ERC twenty, every single uh, one is kind of generally is the same. It represents, um, yeah, it's kind of like a, a protocol token. Uh, whereas, yeah, an NFT is, is something that's unique. Um, mm-hmm. So it might be, a, a, you know, if you were to tokenize your house, it would be an NFT. It wouldn't be an ERC-20. If you were to tokenize a piece of art, it would be in, uh, an NFT, not an right. ERC-20. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, not, not like the idea is non-fungible. Uh, they can be entertained because they're they're unique. Um, and so taking this concept of NFTs and, you know, we were mentioning it before, of being able to build on kind of this permissionless layer that that is Ethereum, um, having uh, governance rights in the future. Um, wanted you to take these elements and compare what, wh- why these um, blockchain games are different from the traditional games. Like, why is there value in this space? Yeah, definitely. So I think that on Ethereum and um, yeah, on Ethereum, gamers by default are born with uh, 
property rights to basically sell their game asset to anyone anywhere in the world. They also have the ability to uh, earn tokens uh, just by playing the game um, and and selling them on something like Uniswap, right? So uh, I think I think a lot of it is about how you know there's a marketplace which you can just see as an NFT dex, right? Um, so why would anyone? What are the benefits of using a dex, right? It's like being able to use it no matter who you are, where you are in the world, right? So basically, this idea of you know why do we use dexes for ERC twenties? Well, those same principles can then be uh, applied to game asset markets. Um, so, so we see our NFT marketplace as one. Um, next, you know, another benefit is being able to earn a token just by playing the game um, that you know could theoretically have a liquid market. So, right now, an early experiment that we did is with uh, the Small Love Potion (SLP). It's uh, you actually need it to breed your axes. And we don't sell it that, you know, Sky Mavis, we don't sell it. Uh, you know, it, it would be very easy if we were a traditional gaming company to maybe sell that potion and, you know, make a decent amount of money. But we don't mm -hmm. sell it. Uh, you know, it's dropped by playing the game. So the only way that you can earn it is by playing the game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if, if you want to buy that token, you know, uh, trade some of your money for time, you have to actually buy it from the Uniswap V2 pool. Uh, which mm -hmm. has, I think, around 36 ETH in liquidity. Uh, so it's not a small, it's not a, you know, which is relatively significant amount of liquidity. Um, so yeah, I think this idea of play to earn, right? And I think the way to scale that is with this idea of allowing your players to earn a piece of the game universe uh, through a native governance token, allowing them to earn that by playing the game. I think that's the way that we scale play to earn. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, th I think this this idea of you know being able to basically use a NFT dex and then this idea of play to earn, I think those are the two most important benefits uh, of a of a blockchain game. And you see a lot of really interesting behaviors that emerge when the uh, incentives are more aligned between the developers and the community. Right? You get crazy evangelists. Like there are people who have gotten Axie tattoos, um, you know, uh, there are, uh, we have our own podcasts, right? For a very small game, it's kind of unusual to see, you know, the community organizing, creating all this content, getting tattoos, starting leagues, starting esport teams. Um, but the level of uh, kind of loyalty and excitement is really high because they do have exposure uh, and kind of a real stake within the game. And, and we're also, you know, looking at ways, and that's kind of why we were inspired to, you know, during the, the, you know, we've been building throughout the bear market and there was the time where no one was interested in having an ERC-20, right? Like everyone was like that, you know, ICOs were a bad idea. Like we, we shouldn't have these tokens, but actually what, what happened is we would have a lot of people come into our discord asking like, how can I earn the token for this game by playing it? <laughs> how can, how can I do that? And, and it just kept happening over and over. So it was like, Actually, a lot of people, for some reason, think that that should be a good idea. And we started to look into it more. Um, Delphi Digital, uh, who you know, we, was very interested in the NFT space and kind of Axie uh, from a pretty early stage, um, you know, also helped us a lot with the token design. And so, yeah, we're, I, think, I, think, I think there is a general kind of under uh, consensus within the Ethereum community that NFTs are like the next big thing. Uh, that it's, you know, after DeFi, it's like NFTs and, and DAOs. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think the way that the, I guess like right now, we're just kind of gathering Tinder. And I think the match that kind of sparks it will be this idea of, you know, earning a native governance token by simply playing a game. Yeah, will be interesting to see for sure. Um, so... On on this on this topic, what are some of the real world um, 
like people, you know, like, so, so mm. we're talking like in the, the very abstract of the, the value of these games. Do you have examples of actual Axie Infinity users uh, earning, uh, a, I don't know if a living, but at least like supplementing their income because they just by playing the game? Yeah, definitely. So there are, there are uh, many different archetypes of people kind of like playing to earn with an Axie. Um, but I think the most interesting and the thing that's gotten us the most attention recently has been players from the Philippines during the pan recent pandemic who have been playing Axie uh, yeah, to actually put food on their food on uh, their family's table. So players in the Philippines are earning between you know three to six dollars an hour playing Axie, which is much higher than the minimum wage across uh, you know in in the in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So. We have, uh, yeah, there was actually just an amazing Coindesk article that came out um, about this phenomenon. There's a, uh, there's an entire town in, uh, I think, the northern Philippines, just I think north of Manila, that are, that is playing Axie. So like multi generations, so like grandmas, um, aunts, mothers, uh, and it's it's spread like wildfire there. So mm. and I think play to earn is really, you know, even though it's still at a small scale, uh, making a difference for people in some of these developing countries. Um, and yeah, actually, I think they they have a lot of passion too for the game. Um, one of the I think the guy who started the craze in uh, in, the, in his town in the Philippines, he actually got a he earned a bike like a, a, a motor I guess like a motorbike by playing mm -hmm. Axie and put uh, all these stickers on it. And so oh, I, I wow. thought that was that's amazing. I thought that was really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and is there like why specifically the, the Philippines? Do you know, or was it just kind of random? Yeah, so this is also happening in Venezuela, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Indonesia, basically places where, you know, there's uh, a lot of people play mobile games, uh, people have mobile phones, and uh, yeah, you know, the minimum wage is quite low. Mm -hmm. So okay. we do have these pockets of uh, activity like that. The Philippines, uh, I think... I personally, I visited the Philippines a couple of times and gave some talks there. There is someone uh, named Gabby Dizone, uh, who is uh, yeah, you know, kind of influential in the gaming space there, and I'm very interested in NFTs and DeFi. And mm -hmm. he's been also uh, kind of uh, critical and key to, to us kind of building up a core little community there. Oh, awesome. Got it. Um, can you give me a sense of the kind of broader user base um, and, and just traction is so in terms of volume um, yeah users what are you seeing yeah definitely so uh, there are currently over 7,000 people who hold axes we currently have around 3,000 monthly active users mm -hmm. and yeah there's around 7,600 people in our discord uh, in terms of volume, there has been, uh, yeah, over 7,000 ETH, um, so I think a couple million dollars of kind of game assets and actually related game assets traded on our in-house marketplace. In, in uh, total? Yeah, 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 7,000 uh, in total, yeah. Okay, well, um, how, how does that compare with the rest of the NFT market? And like, I guess, blockchain games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so in terms of traction right now, Axie has the largest uh, largest number of weekly active users. Um, so we, we just saw that come out from nonfungible.com. 
uh, on Twitter. So I think, you know, we are, I, I believe we're the number, I would say that in terms of traction, uh, we're kind of uh, leading the pack right now in terms of uh, Ethereum-based Ethereum based games. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, in terms of, in terms of volume, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're also up there. Uh, and Axie is also, you know, sold for, we've had Axie sales, uh, so one sold for 110 ETH, actually just had one sell for 90 ETH recently. So I think like there's also, you know, a lot of people, they talk about like the play to earn in the Philippines and they, and they think that's awesome. I think that's awesome too, but we're also attracting art collectors and um, people who, you know, see these axes as beautiful and rare and are really interested in some kind of the very kind of scarce and uh, hard to replicate ones. Wow, that's crazy that they would pay that much money for for an Axie. And do you think, are, are they actually playing with them or do they have them as like a collector's item? Yeah, they, most of the people who are spending like, you know, 50 plus ETH on an Axie, mm -hmm. they're more just, they, you know, they're very active. They tend to be very active in the community evangelizing the game. Um, but uh, in terms of like playing the game on a daily daily database basis, like grinding out on the arena, they're they're not that kind of user. Okay. Um, so the collectors are kind of you know their own uh, group within the ecosystem. They tend to be you know very helpful too. They might even fund like tournaments or fan sites, things like that. Because um, they're kind of more like uh, investors, basically. Okay. Cool. Um, I I want to talk about the the kind of um, how, how big the market for in-game items can be. Uh, because I, I understand it's already quite big in like non-blockchain games. Um, and so I don't know if you have um, the, the numbers for that. Like how, how big is the in-game assets market and how does it compare with the blockchain game um, market? Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of see whether, um, like what, what percentage of like total gaming is, is, is uh, blockchain games doing right now? Yeah, I think it's a minimal minuscule yeah. uh, percentage of the markets right, uh, so far. Um, so it seems like, I think, you know, the, the, the entire, you know, kind of global gaming market is in the, you know, hundreds of billions. Um, that's also, you know, being boosted uh, this year, especially because we're, you know, because of the pandemic, people are spending more time inside. We're kind oh, of, you know, moving towards a digital first world. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think, I think, you know, the, the, the total, you know, market for gaming items uh, is in the billions mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, the, but the, the gamers who, are buying these items, they really lack basic property rights. And as we, you know, as we, as we kind of change our lives so that we're spending more time indoors, we're spending more of our lives on a computer, we should, we need to start thinking of our digital possessions as things that we actually own. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that's kind of a, a mental leap that hmm. needs to be made and will be made. It's kind of like, you know, the, the, the idea of, you know, being your own bank, right, mm -hmm. which you know, is very popular with the DeFi crowd and uh, has, you know, many benefits that, you know, we we believe as a community is are, you know, going to be benefits that are just too hard to ignore over the long term. Uh, we in the NFT space, for the most part, I think, 
believe that these freedoms that non-fungible tokens give gamers and enable uh, gamers to um, to access are basically things that in the long run give us a, as a space a big advantage that uh, should kind of draw in uh, curious gamers hobbyists um, at first um, but you know I think it's a, it's a network right so each 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 user uh, adds more value than the last and eventually I think you know you start to see a stampede um, and you know more eyeballs more volume more headlines uh, more and you know better better developers more fun games coming out so I, I, th I think we're you know we're starting to get to that point um, I still a very long road ahead though right um, it, it's so interesting because this like um, market that's worth hundreds of billions of dollars right now, that's, you know, is most of that value basically accrued by the gaming companies or our gamers? Because obviously in, in, in these games, the gaming companies themselves are the owners of these assets, right? Like gamers aren't like, can't take them with them and, and like, you know, just trade them independently. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I guess the not only are, are these companies owners of these in-game assets, but they're also like reaping the the like the the, the trading volume itself. Like the users are trading with the gaming company, not among themselves. So they, they can't really kind of get those uh, those profits either, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, basically, right. So there's there's centralization on two fronts, right? There's centralization in terms of like the database that the game items are stored on, right? So there's like there's a mass, it's a mass, and it's in what you would call a in computer science a master slave relationship where the game where the game creator always has the master uh, kind of a key to being able to you know delete your game game item whatever. Uh, and then there's also a centralization of value accrual where all of the value is accruing and the balance sheet of the you know, equity entities that are creating these games. Right. And, and I, I think so, I, th I think there's, uh, yeah, there's blockchain games offer a different path for both of those, right? Where you're basically storing the data on a public, uh, visible, uh, decentralized ledger, but then also aligning the incentives between the core developers and the community through some kind of shared uh, token or governance token. Right. Um, no, it's so fascinating. And, and so, okay, it, as we transition to to this world where uh, gamers are actually in control of their assets and 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 they they, they can uh, gain some of of the value from trading them. Um, how how does this new world look? I, I'm, I'm interested in kind of this larger vision that you were talking about where we are going to be living more online and um, all of our um, digital assets will belong to us, whether it's currencies to maybe like clothing on our avatar to, uh, you know, little digital Tamagotchis or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, what do you think this this world looks like? Yeah, I think so. There's this idea of a metaverse, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Andrew Steinwald is, is is someone who's kind of written kind of extensively on this. And I think everyone has different kind of views on what a metaverse 
uh, really looks like, and I think that there will be many. Um, but I think the general idea is that, uh, yeah, in these metaverses, we, gamers and people will have certain freedoms, um, digital property rights that just currently uh, do not exist at scale um, in the current systems, right? So um, I think, yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, we're, the people in the space, I think, um, and at least the Axie team, we kind of, we believe in a future where uh, work and play are kind of indistinguishable. Um, we also believe in kind of empowering players and giving them new economic opportunities. So I think those are kind of like the basic, you know, kind of, uh, uh, that's kind of the basis of our vision. And I think, you know, as we, as we pursue, pursue that vision, uh, we see a lot of really interesting behaviors kind of developing um, in our community. So, uh, do, do we know exactly what the long term looks like? No, but I think if we generally pursue this path of giving, uh, you know, respecting our users more, giving them more voice, giving them more voice, uh, giving more voice and stake within these ecosystems, I think the, you know, it's very important because I think we're living in a world that, like, the physical world is becoming potentially like more totalitarian. So, so like maybe within these digital worlds at least like we can uh re retain some of these property rights and freedoms uh that we might be lacking uh, in the physical world that's so interesting maybe it'll be a way to to escape what we're what we're you know seeing in in the real world and and just you know have have more more freedom at least in in this uh virtual spaces um how how do you think it, DeFi plays into this? Like, is how are um, NFTs? How do you think they they, they will um, connect with the DeFi ecosystem, if if at all? Yeah, definitely. So we're right now uh, something like Uniswap is a vital uh, part of our ecosystem, right? Like our players. We've onboarded, you know, thousands of players or thousands of people onto Uniswap who've never used Uniswap before because mm -hmm. they need to go there to sell their uh, sell their love potions. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think like the the DeFi infrastructure is really helpful. It's really uh, interesting, and uh, I think like we're so one thing that we haven't talked about yet is you know gas fees on Ethereum are really high right now, right? And uh, that's that could be fine for these, you know, for these DeFi uh, applications that are handling huge transfers of value. Um, but for something like a game, uh, you know, uh, ha the gas fees could, you know, potentially really negatively affect uh, smaller users, right? So there's this idea of needing to migrate, right, to a layer two or an Ethereum sidechain. Um, so yeah, you know, basically we're we're looking. Uh, we're working on something called Ronin, which is basically an Ethereum-based Ethereum sidechain, fully compatible, mm -hmm. fully EVM compatible, um, application-specific. And uh, one thing is, like, yeah, we we would need Uniswap um, on the chain, or else we'll have you know a lot of complexities for our users, right? Having to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, so, so one thing that's you know awesome about uh, DeFi, right, is this idea of like open source code. So it's like we could just have Uniswap on. Uh, on Ronin, like quite easily um, as well, right? So I think that's like part of the, uh, yeah, the, what's what's awesome about the Ethereum ecosystem is everyone kind of like sharing their code. And I think like um, it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be one of, one of the things that people will be surprised about is, you know, how easy it is to have like 
something like Uniswap on um, on an application specific uh, layer too. So I, th I think we, we may be one of the teams to kind of demonstrate that initially. Very cool. But so are, are you are you referring to um, a potential Uniswap fork on this layer too? Yeah, something something like that. Um, mm. um, I think you know there there are different there are different like models or there are different like AMMs popping out, right? It's like mm -hmm. you know, balancer is also really cool. Um, but yeah, I think like something like Uniswap would be probably most most simple. Right, but like if you did a fork, um, the the main kind of draw of of Uniswap is its liquidity. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know how um, its UX and how it works are are really important. But is it will it be useful to have a, a fork of Uniswap if you don't have the liquidity that's on Uniswap? Yeah, that makes sense. So the thing, so the thing is, like most of the, all, most of the liquidity related to the ax to the Axie related tokens comes from our own uh, community, mm, um, okay. right? So I, I think it's it's uh, I, that's one of the the benefits of having a pre existing community mm. is that uh, we you know the liquidity that is on Uniswap that actually originates um, from our community mm. uh, rather than from like the external things like that. So oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, would love to uh, for you to talk more about how high gas prices are affecting use right now on on Axie. Like, are, are people still playing as much as they were, or, or is it like mm -hmm. at, uh, attracting more whales than than before? Like, how have things mm -hmm. changed? Yeah, definitely. So, actually, the interesting thing is that despite Ethereum gas fees skyrocketing in the mm -hmm. last couple of months, the last couple of months have been our uh, fastest growth by far, right? So mm -hmm. I think it has to do with, uh, you know, pe more people finding out about Ethereum, but also, you know, this clear play to earn uh, uh, narrative and uh, opportunity establishing. Mm -hmm. So actually the high gas actually benefits Axie relative to other projects because you're actually able to earn money by playing the game. So the gas prices are just a cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. um, I think the I think the games that the high gas prices hurt the most are the ones that there's like a very slim margin of profitability, which then gets like uh, destroyed because of the gas prices. Um, so, so are, are games yeah, on think, Axie, like, are, are they still uh, profitable? Or do you have metrics to show that like the, the percentage of gamers that are profitable even with these gas prices? Yeah, so, so the, the interesting thing is that, you know, so you can buy a team of Axies for uh, you know, let's say $30, right? And then you can earn around, let's say $5 an hour, uh, just farming love potions. So wow. as long as, you know, as long as you put in, you know, around, you know, seven to 10 hours of work, you should be able to do it. And then there are also like more complex ways of earning, uh, you know, uh, collecting some of the, the cap supply axes and things like that. And you know, there, there, there are players that have earned in the hundreds of ETH, uh, with some of these more complex like collecting strategies are you know arbitrage trading market making wow. uh you know being really uh, so it's not just about you know people people grinding it out five dollars uh five dollars an hour at a time there's mm -hmm. also you know kind of more uh, complex and uh, detailed opportunities like basically some people hold 
mystic axes, which are a type of axe. Kind of think of it as the, you know, the first edition Charizards of the axe world, right? Uh, where they were only released at the, at the start um, during the uh, opening pre-sale. Uh, there's cap supply and, um, you know, they have special aesthetics. Uh, so there's a lot of there are people who collect those, and those have done quite well um, as, uh, you know, as something to hold within the Axie universe as well. That's amazing. So, I mean, you're talking about arbitrage stra strategy, stuff like that. Like, are you seeing a, a type of gamer that's, you know, coming from like the, the hedge fund manager world? Is it like crypto funds trading axes too, in, along with more like retail, I guess, gamers? Yeah, I've had some of our first inquiries from, uh, from crypto funds that are, you know, looking to get into the NFT space and they're like, yeah, what should we buy? Like, okay, we want the governance token. Like, when is that coming out? But also like, are there assets? Are there game assets? Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, that, I think that's going to be, we're going to see headlines where it's like, you know, crypto fund buys, you know, digital land and, or, uh, you know, <laughs> cute pet for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. I think we're, we're going to, so that, that's the kind of headline, I think, that drives a lot of attention and mm -hmm. um, new eyes to the ecosystem as well. That's that's so funny. I mean, um, it's, it's crazy because that, that's when you start to see these worlds kind of collide and, and the kind of interoperability of, of it all. Um, I mean, I... There was this project, I think it was Rocket, that was also using NFTs to as collateral for loans. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's another way uh, where the, the, the like finance with gaming can can start to. Yeah, mix. yeah. Um, Actually, i i have a, a I have a system. It's I guess centralized, where basically I will accept Mystic axes as collateral for zero interest loans. So there are certain axes that I'll accept. Um, oh, wow. And I think I've given out like 140 ETH um, so far and basically just accepting uh, certain really rare axes um, as loans. And then I'll, and then I also have a discord for all the people who've kind of used that uh, system. And it's kind of like, a, you know, one of these yeah, kind of like secrets. It's like it's kind of a secret society within the NFT space as well. Um, oh, my God. That's I guess, so crazy. I guess, I guess now I'm talking about it. So it's less secret. <laughs> that's amazing uh so I, I guess i mean i i don't know if, if you're you're the only one so maybe there's like a community of people who have been doing this and, and just taking nfts um as collateral for for loans and just like that's another way to mm -hmm. to like make money with these digital pets yeah I, i'm not i'm I'm not really trying to make money too. Like I'm, uh, you know, I, I purposely made it at zero interest. It's more just, it's just oh, more right. just like a, a nice pawn shop, right? And I also own, you know, I have stake within the Mystic Axie market too. And I want to kind of, it's kind of like a way to provide liquidity, allow people to get some working capital with them without, uh, you know, having to sell them off. Very cool. Um, great. Okay. And then can you provide, like you've mentioned the, a couple of things coming up for Axie, uh, the, the governance token, um, the, the layer two scaling solution. Um, so what are the timelines for, for those two? Yeah, definitely. So I would expect some news, some uh, news related to the governance token in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of Ronin, our uh, our scale, scaling solution, 
I want to say, so I, I guess Metallica always says to assign numbers to your confidence intervals, right? So I'm going to try and do that. <laughs> so I'm like 70, I would say 70% positive, 70% sure that we'll see something by at least Q1 uh, 2021. Um, oh, and the, okay. and the, inter, the internal goal is to see something by the end of this year. Okay, very nice. Um, I, I really kind of want all these scaling solutions to shift as fast as possible. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so I think, I think, I think, so someone, I think it was uh, Arthur from uh, Defiance Capital re recently said is like, we need yield farming or we need token incentive programs on layer two to actually spur their adoption, right? And mm -hmm. I think uh, basically, you know, we will have these kind of uh, promotions um, related to our governance token where you can actually earn them by doing certain things. But a majority of those will not kick off until our layer two or our side chain is live. Mm -hmm. um, why? Because if you require, if you require, you know, people to send transactions to earn the government's to token in any way. So let's say we, you know, awarded it to people who are breeding or people who are, uh, you know, uh, trading on our marketplace, you, you then get a kind of a perverse system where big whales are able to just trade gas um, right and eat gas fees uh, to, for the governance token and you know what what is the point of all this is like we want to get the token into the hands of the people using our products not just um, not just some whales right so uh, so yeah basically uh, we're very excited about uh, Ronin and I think that we're gonna see some very interesting programs for distri distribution of our token on Ronin, especially because uh, we don't have gas as a limiting factor. Got it. Okay, so the token and the, the layer two solution will pretty much go, go hand in hand then. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, basically, so we'll have some announcements related to the token. And then I think, you know, the basically the, the mining, the biggest like, you know, kind of uh, chance to play to earn um, the token will, will kind of coincide with the scaling solution. Uh, and then, yeah, we also, we want to show our community more about the land gameplay, um, mm. which I mentioned earlier. We want to mm. show them uh, more about that this this fall. Um, so uh, like 80% confidence uh, that we'll, we'll have some, you know, kind of maybe public public beta or public alpha uh, out uh, in, over, in the next couple of months. Awesome. Well, super exciting. Um, okay, to, to start wrapping up, um, wanted to hear the kind of longer term vision for Axie Infinity or uh, just NFTs in general. Kind of, we talked about what's coming like up next in the very short term, but what's kind of the, the big vision um, for, say, next five years, next 10 years even? Yeah, definitely. So I think the the you know the the goal that we're building towards is that Axie is not just seen as a game. Axie is seen as a place where you can live, work, and play. So uh, you know, a, a social network, you know, uh, where you can make friends and maybe even start a business with people, um, you know, that you met playing Axie. Uh, you know, somewhere where you could where you can work. So you know, farming tokens. Uh, you know, helping someone out. Uh, by you know taking care of their land, um, or yeah, even building something, right? Like building an experience using the ga Axie game assets, and uh, you know maybe charging some kind of fee to access it, or having your own token associated with it that somehow mm -hmm. increases value. Uh, so I think yeah, you know I think very community driven, some some place where yeah I think 
what like as a as a kid right like i i i i wanted to play games all the time but my mom like said oh like you have to go to school i was like why do you have to go to school oh, so you can get a job and so you can earn money right but i think in the future right we're living we're living in crazy times and i think we're living in a future where you know uh people will be able to you know get have uh you know get uh you know, sustain themselves uh, by playing a game, right? That was one of the only drawbacks um, was that, yeah, you'd have eventually have to leave to, to go to your job. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think this idea, I think this idea of, you know, people being able to, I think, uh, you know, sustain themselves just by playing a game, that's, I think, something really compelling that we're, that we're working towards. Um, we also, you know, I, I was just living in Korea and Kakao, right? It's just, it's kind of like this, it's, it's a messaging app and they have these, these cute creatures and the brand like is, is amazing. Like, I actually see, think that Axie can kind of, uh, be, uh, something similar to like the Kakao blockchain where we draw people into using our stuff with these cute creatures. Um, but then we have, you know, a, a game store, we have, uh, you know, chat functionality and like this community of, you know, evangelists and people who are interested in this technology to tap into. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, yeah, people tend to underestimate like cute things, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're cute <laughs> and they're non-threatening. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, we bas- we believe that, uh, yeah, you know, blockchain needs to be more eye-catching. It needs to be more fun. It needs to be more cute to attract uh, more people. And uh, one, one thing that I didn't mention is that we're starting to see 40% of the people that have been starting to play Axie recently are people who have never interacted with crypto before, but were referred by a friend. So I think that's another thing that mm. I think is really important is we need to manually onboard our friends to start using Ethereum applications. Uh, we can't just wait till it's like very easy, like email sign-in, um, very uh uh, and the fiat on ramps are very cheap and smooth. I think that's. I think you know that will help in the long run. But there are a lot of things that we could be doing right now and that the Axie community members are doing right now to just get uh, you know kind of muggles and uh, I guess you know non uh, Ethereum savvy people involved with these uh, types of applications. So do you see um, blockchain games and and NFTs as m- maybe the primary way that um, this technology gains mainstream adoption. I think I think it's a interesting. I think it's an interesting timeline. Uh, something that could happen. I, I I do believe that blockchain games will be a great user aggregation layer for DeFi. So this idea that people will come in for the games and will make wallets and be onboarded by something that's fun and cute. Or some or some some kind of you know headline like play this game and earn money right play this mm-hmm. Pokemon looking game and earn some money uh, or you know being recommended but after that you know once they're onboarded uh, we're seeing it firsthand within our community where you know they got into Axie then got onboarded to Uniswap uh, got into Axie uh, we told them to open CDPs uh, to, <laughs> so we we partnered with Maker and basically I gave anyone who opened a CDP during June of 2019, um, the ability to claim um, an Axie-themed uh, NFT. Wow. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think, you know, these crossovers between gaming and DeFi are really important. I think that DeFi is really important for the, uh, for, I guess, like the financial health of our future generations. But I also think that we need new types of work 
Um, and DeFi uh, right now is, I think, great for people who already have a lot of capital. Uh, but I think blockchain games are going to be a way for you know cer certain people who don't have any capital to make make a little bit of capital and being onboarded into the rest of the crypto economy. Awesome! No, so so interesting, um, and and I love kind of this 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 vision of. You know, you you don't need to leave your your video game anymore to to like go to school and make money because you're making money right there. <laughs> um, that's pretty incredible. Um, awesome. Well, this has been so interesting, uh, Jeff or Jihos. Um, thank you so much. And can can you show me the that stuff, Daniel? You uh, yeah. oh, there it is. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, this is an Axie. Actually, I met my wife because of this. Uh, like, no way. <laughs> I would think I was holding this, and because she thought it was cute, like she came up and uh, we started talking. So, uh, yeah, you can also get oh a girlfriend God. and a wife <laughs> if you, if you play Axie Amazing. Infinity. That's another See? thing that I want to leave people with. <laughs> Amazing message to end the podcast. Um, <laughs> again, thank you so much. This has been incredibly interesting. Yeah, thanks for the invite. And yeah, thanks for everything that you've done for the ecosystem. And yeah, I need a, I'm going to read your book uh, soon. And um, yeah, thanks so much for, 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 uh, for today. And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. Perpetual Protocol is a DeFi platform for perpetual swaps. Traders get up to 20x leverage with guaranteed liquidity. Stakers don't have to worry about impermanent loss because of their virtual automated market maker. Find out more at perp.fi. That's P-E-R-P.fi. Multis is the first ever bank account for companies who want to run their business on crypto and traditional currencies. It has a multi-signature wallet which allows teams to store their assets with access controls, earn interest on their crypto, and streamline payments. I went through the demo myself and the UX is super user-friendly. They'll soon be launching fiat-friendly accounts with cards and wire transfers, so companies dealing with fiat and crypto will need multiple accounts in different places. Go to multis.co, that's M-U-L-T-I-S dot C-O, and sign up to start a free 30-day trial. Listeners to The Defiant can get a priority onboarding by the Multis CEO when they enter The Defiant podcast on the 30-second sign-up form. So go check it out. Hack Adam 5 if the Cosmos online hackathon and inter-blockchain communication is a flagship interoperability protocol that has been in development for the past two years. It will be launching in the Cosmos Network soon. So join Hack Atom 5, a two-week virtual hackathon, to use the IBC protocol before it is launched on mainnet and be among the winners who will take home $50,000 in prices, valued in the Cosmos staking token Atom. Hack Atom 5 is coming soon to a dev post near you this October. Visit 5.hackatom.org. That's F-I-V-E dot H-A-C-K atom.org. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.